a reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verses 5 through 16. You can go back. Before we get into our primary reading today, we are I'm going to introduce what has been our spiritual practice in Lent uh, called Lectio Liberatio. It's kind of a spinoff of Lectio Divina, uh, which means divine reading. Lectio Liberatio means liberation reading. And it's framed with four movements, the first of which is belong. What is the conflict and or the change in the text? Uh, who or what in the text connects to the story of your faith or community of origin? Let me, let me bring it down a little bit so I can see it. Can folks still see it over there? Okay. Oh, that's right. Cause we're, we're sharing this screen. I'm good at tech. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's our first question. And kind of what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll, we'll read through this, uh, text from Isaiah today, um, four times. And after the first time, we'll reflect on this question. After the sex t- second time, we'll have an, a second question. Third time, third question. Then we'll discuss a little bit. Then we'll do the fourth question. We'll discuss a little bit more. Don't worry. I'll, I'll guide us there. Um, you know, I felt like it might be helpful today since our, our texts up to this point have, um, have been from the gospels and our text today is Isaiah. And Isaiah is this, this reading is more of a prophetic oracle or discourse. So it's not narrative the way that our gospel readings have been. So I want to give you some handles uh, about the story that is going on in the backdrop of this text uh, in, in hopes that will help you to reflect uh, in, a, in a broader way about these questions. <clears throat> so our, our reading, like I said earlier, is from Isaiah chapter 49, um, which comes from Isaiah is kind of three books. There's first Isaiah and second Isaiah and third Isaiah. And second Isaiah is... Four, chapters 40 to 55, uh, and it was written in the context of exile and captivity in Babylon, way far east of the homeland in Jerusalem. Um, and exile in the Hebrew Bible is often framed as discipline for Israel's uh, sin, unfaithfulness, and injustice. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are are famous for their call out on the injustice of the people of Israel um, and the way that they were harming those who were vulnerable in their midst. Um, this section that we're in, the second Isaiah, chapters 40 through 55, is really well known for its servant songs, uh, the most famous of which is Isaiah 53, um, you know, which is very popularly like interpreted as a messianic kind of prophecy. You know, he was he was afflicted by his wounds were healed. All of that language comes out of Isaiah 53. Uh, servant in our reading, which comes from the women's lectionary, uh, is translated as slave. That's one of the commitments of the translation is to translate the, the language of servant as slave because that's a, a more accurate rendering. So when you see slave, uh, that's the connection to the the servant kind of theme of this section. Uh, many scholars see this 
um, the language of servant as a collective reference to Israel. So when, when you see slave and servant, uh, the, the folks reading or hearing this prophecy would have seen themselves and their people in it. And uh, of course, later it's interpreted as a messianic reference, especially like we said, Isaiah 53. Um, that messianic reference, uh, messianic messiah, you know, savior, anointed one, that whole thing, um, that connects to where we are in the Christian calendar. Today is Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of Holy Week where, um, we, Head with Jesus toward the cross on Good Friday and toward the tomb and resurrection on Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Um, you know, the, the gospel text that we read has Jesus in the garden, which kind of kicks off the, the steps along the way toward the cross being betrayed by Judas, Judas and arrested and brought before the authorities and the powers. Um, the New Testament writers saw Jesus as bringing liberation from exile and from the captivity of Roman occupation. And so that's a connection between our our gospel story and the Isaiah story that we're going to be in today. So I'll say that to frame to frame up our story today. Just imagine you have been in captivity for many years in Babylon far from your home and you wonder where God is and you wonder if you'll ever get back home. You wonder if your people are wrecked for good. Um, this story and prophetic oracle takes place uh, in that context. Um, I'll ask for our second through fourth readings um, for volunteers. So, and it's, you know, it's not short, so gird your loins. Um, but I will, I'll need help. Our first question What's the conflict or the change in the text? Who or what in the text connects to the story of your family or community of origin? And now, says the author of life, who formed me in the womb to be God's slave, to return Jacob back to God, and that Israel might be gathered to God. I'm honored in the sight of the Holy One of old, and my God is my strength. God says, it is too light a thing that you should be my slave to raise it. It is or is it? We'll see. That you should be my slave to raise up the tribes of Jacob, the line of Rebekah, and to restore the survivors of Israel, born of Rachel and Leah and Bilhah and Zilpah. I will give you as a light to the nations, for it will be that my salvation reaches to the end of the earth. Thus says the faithful one, the redeemer of Israel, God's holy one to the despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Queens and kings shall see and arise, princes and princesses, and they too shall prostrate themselves on account of the fire of Sinai, who is faithful, the holy one of Israel, who has chosen you. Thus says the mighty God, in a favorable time have I answered you. On a day of salvation have I helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate portions, saying to the prisoners, go free to those who are in darkness. Let yourselves be seen along the paths. They shall pasture and on all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger, nor shall they thirst. Neither shall heat nor sun strike them down for the one who mother loves them shall lead them. 
and by springs of water shall guide them. And I will turn all my mountains into a pathway, and see my highway shall be raised up. Look, these shall come from far away, and see these from the north and from the sea to the west, and these from the southland of Syene. Sing for joy, you heavens, and exult, O earth. Let mountains break forth into singing, for the tender loving one has comforted God's people, and will mother love God's suffering ones. But Zion said, the everlasting God has forsaken me. My sovereign has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or mother love for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I know I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Give you just a moment to sit with this question in that text as we consider what's the conflict or the change, who or what connects to the story of your family or community of origin. All right, we'll move to the second question. Be bold. What policies and cultural norms is the text resisting or calling us to resist? Uh, could I get a volunteer to read the second go? And our mic is on the middle of... Thank you, Jen. And now says the author of life who formed me in the womb to be God's slave, to return Jacob back to God and that Israel might be gathered to God. I am honored in the sight of the Holy One of old and my God is my strength. God says, it is too light a thing that you should be my slave to raise up the tribes of Jacob, the line of Rebekah, and to restore the survivors of Israel born of Rachel and Leah and Bilhah and Zilpah. I will give you as a light to the nations, for it will be that my salvation reaches to the end of the earth. Thus says the faithful one, the redeemer of Israel, God's holy one, to one despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Oh my gosh. Queens and kings shall see and arise, princes and princesses, and they too shall prostrate themselves on account of the fire of Sinai, who is faithful, the holy one of Israel, who has chosen you. 
Thus says the mighty God, in a favorable time have I answered you. On a day of salvation have I helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate portions, saying to the prisoners, go free to those who are in darkness, let yourselves be seen. Along the paths they shall pasture, and on all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger, nor shall they thirst. Neither shall heat nor sun strike them down. For the one who mother loves them shall lead them, and by springs of water shall guide them. And I will turn all my mountains into a pathway, and my highways shall be raised up. Look, these shall come from far away, and see... These from the north and from the sea to the west, and these from the southland of Syene. Sing for joy, you heavens, and exult, O earth. Let mountains break forth into singing, for the tender loving one has comforted God's people, and will mother love God's suffering ones. But Zion said, The everlasting God has forsaken me, my sovereign has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child, or mother love for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I, know I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Let's take a moment then to reflect on the second question. Be bold. What policies and cultural norms is the text resisting or calling us to resist? Okay, we're moving to the third question, which has become, what vision of healing and liberation does the text call forth? Who would like to read this go-round? Thanks, Miles. And now, says the author of life, who formed me in the womb to be God's slave to return Jacob back to God and that Israel might be gathered to God. I am honored in the sight of the Holy One of old and my God is my strength. God says, it is too light a thing that you should be my slave to raise up the tribes of Jacob, the line of Rebecca, and to restore the survivors of Israel born of Rachel and Leah and Bilhah and Zilpah. I will give you as a light to the nations 
for it will be that my salvation reaches to the end of the earth. Thus says the faithful one, the redeemer of Israel, God's holy one, to one despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers, queens and kings shall see and arise, princes and princesses, and they too shall prostrate themselves on account of the fire of Sinai, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Thus says the mighty God, in a favorable time have I answered you. On a day of salvation have I helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to the people to establish this the land, to apportion the desolate portions, saying to the prisoners, go free. To those who are in the darkness, let yourselves be seen. Along the paths they shall pasture, and on all the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger nor thirst, or nor shall they thirst. Neither shall heat nor sun strike them down, for the one who mother loves them shall lead them, and by springs of water shall guide them. And I will turn all my mountains into a pathway, and my highways shall be raised up. Look, these shall come from far away and see, these from the north and from the sea to the west, and these from the southland of Syene. Sing for joy, you heavens, and exult, O earth. Let mountains break forth into singing, for the tender loving one has comforted God's people and will mother love God's suffering ones. But Zion said, the everlasting God has forsaken me. My sovereign has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or mother love for the child of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I, no, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. All right, let's take another minute with our third question. What vision of healing and liberation does the text call for? Okay, I invite you, anybody who wants to share any of your responses to any of those questions, um, something that might have rose to the, the, the top for you, something that's grabbing your attention from our reflection so far.
Well, one, it's good that we read this three times before mm-hmm. we talk because not having like a narrated type story, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. It's, a, it's different to digest. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's like after that third time, I'm like, okay, now I'm going back to the questions. Like, I think I can answer this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I see the change as, um, their lives are not going to be as hard as they've been. You know, the mountains are going to be, you know, lowered or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of their hardships are going to be easier. There's going to be food and water They're you know, like they're going to feel taken care of mm-hmm. and, um, and the, the healing and liberation is just, I just imagine like a mother tending to the wounds of her child, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been hurting with you. I'm here, Mm -hmm. you know, like I haven't forgotten you. And Mm -hmm. just this time of recovery. Yeah. I was really struck by, I think it was the third time I was struck by the imagery of mother um that israel is not motherless after all like they'll be cared for and also the the echo of psalm 23 in this text about they're also not shepherdless they uh, they won't hunger or thirst they'll be led by streams of quiet waters god will restore their souls like uh that echo was i was like oh He's like bringing that forth into David's song, you know, into their current experience. Yeah. Who else? I'll say I echo all of those same observations. Then what stood out to me a little more with each reading is uh, verse 14 um which is basically i'm assuming by by zion they're meaning israel here but i'm saying yeah but a lot of these things haven't happened yet and we keep waiting and you know the good things aren't here uh yep. when's that that's kind of this you know israel as is this wrestling with god and and this this stumbling block and and i yeah that kind of i think references my state of mind sometimes when i read about um, you know, this, this beautiful vision of what, you know, this mother caring for her child can be on the same Sunday where we read a lament about more sh- school shootings. Yep. Uh, and it just doesn't feel particularly tangible. So like for me, at least I'm, I'm living in verse 14, yep. uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, and that there's, that's the tension in the passage, um, is this, this vision. Um, and this representation of truth and then, uh, this other, you know, experience of living in turmoil yep. and saying how much longer. Yeah. Uh, Israel could sing the first song that we sang together. I need a reason to sing here. I need a reason to sing because doesn't look like there's a good one right now. Um, it doesn't look like you're anywhere to be seen. Yeah. 
And, and, and then the, the answer to that, right, is that, is that comparison of, of Israel to a nursing child, right? Which I'm thinking like, so that's, that's like a newborn baby Mm. or less than a year old. Mm. And, you know, having, having had a few of those in my house, um, (laughs) I know that as a parent, they're never far from my mind. But I also know that when you put them down for a nap and then they wake up and something is wrong and they don't know what is wrong, they freak out and they, because they don't know. And yeah. have I been abandoned? Have I been forgotten? Have I been, I, mean, I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. They don't know, but they don't know. Right. Yep. And so that, that's such a vivid, um, image there. Yeah. Yep. Of. Right. God on the one hand going, Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. I know. And Israel on the other hand, like just, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I get that. Mm. Um, another thing I noticed kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, and it was because of the weird question mark on the end of a sentence that wasn't really a question. Yeah. Um, it was either a question and the two words got mixed around. So I, I or what, yeah. What's so I, I cheated and looked up, okay. looked up in a different translation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And it is a statement. Okay. And at least in, in, the, in this other one. Okay. And I like it as a statement because what it says is, is like, it's not enough that we're gathering Jacob and restoring Israel. Mm. I'm also setting you up as a light for the nations yeah. so that my salvation can reach to the end of the earth. Yeah. So it's like all of these promises that I'm making, all of these things that I'm saying, all the stuff that I have done for you or will do for you. Yes, we're going to restore Israel. Yeah, it's about that. But it's not that's not enough to just like get the band back together. Mm. We are going to change the whole world. This isn't just for a small group of people. Yeah, this is for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Not not only am I going to. Uh, see after you, deliver you, liberate you. Uh, you, you are part of my liberation project for the entire world. I wonder if uh, what the text is calling Israel to resist is hopelessness. Yeah, that's good. Because I was say like, more. I was like, well, or as the kids say, say less, <laughs> which means say more. Is say that right? Less. Yeah. 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 Yes. Say less. Say less. Ah. <laughs> Sidebar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, resisting hopelessness. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they've been in this real bad place. You know, this is like a text full of lots of hope. Yeah. And like, we all said, you know, it doesn't feel very hopeful. Mm. So maybe what it's calling them to resist is hopelessness. Like, just hang on, just hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, um, resonates with me in the here and now and all all of us all of our friends who 
have been hurt by religion or by the church and who think like why why is why is it worth having any hope or what happened in Nashville this week like will it get any better uh or or the conf- the conflicts around the world um in Ukraine and other places uh the the violence we live in the midst of uh resisting hopelessness um is challenging that's a challenge that's a um it's a word in the midst of all of that yeah Shall we give it? Oh, we got one. Yes. Come on, Kyle. There's a little button on the bottom. Just go. Like that? That's it. Okay. I just, uh, the whole context of this screams uh, God just saying, hey, I'm still in control here. You're still written on the palm of my hand. And that's something he is just saying definitely through this kind of a time in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't forget. I, I am, I am not ever going to, um, abandon you. And, and it reminded me of something we've read just recently that has become one of my statements of this has always been, it is now and will always be the story of God in this world. And when I get down and when I just look and I see all the things that are happening and I want to get discouraged, I go back to that. And it points me back in the right direction. He's got this. And he is, he is my mother. He loves me like that. And, and it makes me think of my own mom, mm. the way she washed or why, you know, got up in the middle of the night when my feet were hurting so bad I couldn't sleep and rubbed my feet with alcohol. It was a statement just in my own family context. I'm still here. This is going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. That's what I see, right at least personally here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Thank you, Dan. Um, let's do the final reading, eh? Uh, the, the last move is to be still. What's the text calling you to pay attention to in yourself to more fully support this resistance and vision? Uh, we have one more volunteer. Thanks, Ted. And now, says the author of life, who formed me in the womb to be God's slave, to return Jacob back to God, and that Israel might be gathered to God. I am honored in the sight of the Holy One of old, and my God is my strength. God says, it is too light a thing that you should be my slaves to raise up the tribes of Jacob, the line of Rebekah, and to restore the survivors of Israel born of Rachel and Leah and Bilhah and Zilpah. I will give you as a light to the nations, for it will be that my salvation reaches to the end of the earth. Thus says the faithful one, the redeemer of Israel, God's holy one, to one despised, 
abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Queens and kings shall see and arise, princes and princesses, and they too shall prostrate themselves on account of the fire of Sinai, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Thus says the mighty God, In a favorable time have I answered you. On a day of salvation have I helped you. I have kept you and given you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate portions, saying to the prisoners, go free. To those who are in darkness, let yourselves be seen. Along the paths, they shall pasture, and on the bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger, nor shall they thirst, neither shall heat nor sun strike them down. For the one who mother loves them shall lead them, and by springs of water shall guide them. And I will turn all my mountains into a pathway, and my highways shall be raised up. Look, these shall come from far away and see. These from the north and from the sea to the west, and these from the southland of Syene. Sing for joy, you heavens, and exult, O earth. Let mountains break forth into singing. For the tender, loving one has comforted God's people, and will mother love God's suffering ones. But Zion said, The everlasting God has forsaken me. My sovereign has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or mother love for the child of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I, no, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. What is the text calling you to pay attention to in yourself to be more to more fully support this resistance and vision? Let's take a minute and then I'll have a final round of conversation.
who would like to share? Um, I think I'm being called to not be hopeless to hold on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, that really resonated with me too. Thinking about your, maybe the call to resistance is to resist hopelessness. And I, I think, I don't know, part of what I'm, I think part of the way, the, the tension miles that you named in this text, um, and thinking about like, the, the possibilities for us to like how we respond to it, um, like seeing it on a continuum with extremes. I, like, I suppose one way, one way to respond to the dumpster fire of our experience to the, to the tragic sense of our lives in this world is to minimize it. Uh, uh, spiritual bypassing could be another way to say, to say, ah, you know, it, it's fine to turn a blind eye to it. Like, and I, I get it. Like, it's a, it's kind of a protective measure of sorts. Um, uh, assuming, uh, we're privileged enough to be able to avoid the suffering and not be caught up in, in it ourselves. Um, but somehow to minimize it or to say, ah, it'll be okay. You know, we'll make it through. God is going to come through for us. Uh, it, it doesn't account for the depth and seriousness of the harm and the evil in the world. On the other hand, at the other end of the um, perspective, it, uh, the spectrum, it's possible to be like, well, you know, uh, I give up. Like, this is how it is. We're abandoned. It is hopeless. Uh, there, there's no one coming for us. This is a lie. It, uh, this dumpster fire is going to burn us all up eventually. And I found myself thinking about climate change and the way we are kind of literally burning up on some, I mean, our planet is a dumpster fire. Uh, uh, and I, I don't know if it's in between the, the spectrums. I, I, I feel, um, I, 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 I I tug toward or I pull toward the, uh, feeling hopeless, feeling so big and overwhelming. And my heart is so broken about, uh, the wounds and the harm and the violence in the world. So resisting hopelessness is a good word for me. It's something I need to pay attention to as well. Um, holding those stories of harm and remembering that I'm not shepherdless. We are not shepherdless. We're not motherless. Um, God sees us and is with us. Anybody else? Yeah, I, I like that. And, and Jen, thanks for sharing uh, your perspective on hopelessness and, and that, Charles. And yeah, I've been kind of sitting with that and reflecting to my reaction and the tension of that this morning and this time, I think I felt a similar thing in our, our study of Daniel, uh, this past fall. Mm. Uh, there's, there's a cynical way to read Daniel as a, 
you know, it starts with the, the sort of stories and ends with prophecies. And then they came true to a certain extent, just, you know, depending on when you date Daniel. And then when you look at the centuries of history after that, it, it didn't, didn't work. Jerusalem wasn't restored. It just got repeatedly trampled by every power that came through the Middle East, you know, for centuries until it was essentially gone and taken over by a, a different people with a different religion um, until very, very recently. And so there's this temptation for me to just want to say, well, what's the point of it or, or, or set that one aside. Um, but as I, I came around with Daniel, I think the purpose of it is to, to bear witness to this human experience, um, and to resist hopelessness to mm-hmm. say, sure, things are bad and messy where you are right now. Guess what? They were bad and messy 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago to the, to the earliest, uh, origins of what we have of written human record, which certainly the, the old Testament is, is approaching that, um, these have been universal experiences. Mm. And so this is not, um, you know, I don't know why that's the universal human experience, uh, in this, in this world. I, I wish it was something different, but to have this witness that said, you know, we have millennia of, of holding strong and resisting this hopelessness. It's a, yeah. for me, then it comes back around of a call for a meditative approach on this to when things feel overwhelming. Uh, and hopeless to resist that hopelessness and believe in a, our timeline. Uh, and then Ted, what you said about the, the newborn made me think as well. Like the difference there is, is timeline, right? <laughs> the, the newborn, uh, you know, whether they're screaming for one minute or five minutes or, you know, I was thinking we were trying to do sleep training with Margo and we would, we would go in and whatever it was, you know, you, you go in after a minute and comfort them and you wait five minutes and comfort them. And then you go 15 minutes and comfort them and 30 minutes and comfort them. And I'm sure at every interval of that, you know, if you were to retell that story from Margot's perspective, it was about how her parents abandoned her. Uh, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and I was for sort a of thousand years for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just reflecting on this, like my, Timeline and perspective is only from my uniquely finite point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to look at the story of, of human history is to only look at it from the, the, the lens of the perspective of, of where I've been placed. Um, and so it's interesting to think, uh, you know, that relationship between a parent and a child. You know, I never forgot about Margot. I never mm-hmm. stopped loving her or didn't expect good things or, or, you know, have this disposition to, to wield whatever powers I have for her benefit. Um, but at the same time, we were, we were separated for periods. And when I think about that, it also, um, gives me perspective. Yeah. That's right. Normalizes it a little bit. We're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I mean, in the midst of that, all of that too, I think about what does Holy Week tell us? about all of this that that uh, essentially that Jesus um becomes an infant with us mm. Jesus becomes a nursing child with us Jesus enters into the dumpster fire with us and suffers the fire of the dumpster um and comes out the other side of it somehow is vindicated and resurrected but in the midst of that 
we have the image of God suffering with us, seeing us in our pain, in our suffering, um, not, not only coming to our rescue, but like taking the brunt of oppression and injustice on God's self, on, on Jesus. Um, that's hopeful to me. Not to like get too far ahead of ourselves. I mean, so we still have to go through Friday on the way to Sunday, but yeah. I, I didn't mean to go over to the left, you know, extreme of minimizing. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Ted, you got something? Sure. Okay. Yeah, do it. The last yeah. word and the word after that. Um, thinking on this theme of resisting hopelessness. I like, I like mm-hmm. that framing. <clears throat> hmm. Um, and I think, okay, there's, there's one way of do of looking at that, which is just, okay, I'm just going to inner peace myself and be okay with that. But like resisting hopelessness to what end? Uh, and so when I look mm-hmm. back through the text, I notice there's a tense shift in, in where God is speaking and that, that there's a, at the beginning of this section, God is speaking in the past tense. I did this, I did this, I did this. And then there's a shift to, I will do this, uh-huh. I will do this, I will do this. Uh-huh. And the I will statements are all the stuff about, we're going to pasture on the hills and it, you, you know, you're not going to get too hot and the highways are going to be great. And, um, you know, all, all of that stuff, right? All, all of the, all of the great promises and the past tense stuff is the, I have given you over as a covenant. Mm-hmm. It is not enough that you just restore Israel, but that you also be a light to the nations. It's mm-hmm. speaking to you. Yep. I guess us in this yep. text. Um, that, and that, that to me is where we get to the resist the hopelessness bit where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I've put you into a spot and I have not forgotten you and I will do these great things. And you're going to be part of that because I've given you as a covenant and you're going to be a light. Yeah. So don't be overwhelmed by the hopelessness mm. because there's stuff to do yeah. and there's stuff that you can do. Yeah. So don't be crippled by hopelessness all around you. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a part for us to play. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a great last word and word after that, man. I love it. That's like this, our sending. Is in what you just, you just, you just did there. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Jen, for may God empower us to resist hopelessness. Uh, may God, um, walk with us in that. May God give us the grace to participate in what God is doing for liberation in this world.